I say is who I really am. Okay, I get it. You know, I get it. I'm not in control, not only of this hand, I'm not in control of the stars or the trees or other people or my voice. It's just happening. And there's a great freedom because I don't, I'm not responsible for anything, you know, all of that. But the other thing is I have now learned what it feels like to take responsibility for this bit, right? You see? Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm going to, because I'm not just this now, I see I am the tree. I'm going to say, well, actually, I am moving those branches in the wind. And I, everything that's happening, I am doing. I am willing everything. Now, try on for size, because there are things that happen. And if you find, your, you know, either works, so it's just happening. But, I mean, it is a, it is a, it is a very interesting point of view to say who I really, really am is willing the present moment. Because this is not a grudging acceptance of what's going on. This is a deep affirmation of it without having to agree with it or know why. You know, I mean, why would you will the war in Ukraine? You see, yeah. uh, those are, you can understand those kind of responses. But you, even that, you're, the response you're willing, you know, it's not like you can choose. So uh, I, I think that, you know, that uh, the, because you sit in the middle without a name or a label or, and, and you know you're at the center, you can try on all these different ways of describing your true nature and not have to, you know, go for just one. Why limit yourself, I say? Yeah, wow, that, that was really fantastic, Richard. I, I feel like this is turning into a little bit of a headless way masterclass. To me, Nick. Um, Richard Lang, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nick, a pleasure to be here. So good to see you again and uh, to be the space that's available in this headless place well, to see you. space in which everything is happening. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know, it's a great place to be. and. Uh, um, you're definitely one of, I feel very honored to be one of my favorite people to, uh, to share this place with. So, um, well, we've, we've jumped right in at the deep end, which of course is <laughs> the only end there is, which is the space we're looking out of. But great to see you, Nick, and uh, a pleasure to hang out with you and share our reflections about who we really are. Yeah, I mean, this is this is our second podcast, so we can jump right into the deep end. As far as I'm concerned, we got the the pleasantries out of the way. Um, it, one thing I so I've been like I often do. I've I've been binge listening to interviews that you've been doing in preparation for this. What I was really struck by, which I always am, but just because it's been such a big part of my world these last week or so, is your guided meditations are absolutely top notch. Um, ah. And yeah, I, I mean, the one that you did with Sam, of course, was spectacular. It just does, it brings m the attention and consciousness right into here and now, this headless place, this, this void, this zero point in such a profound way. So I was thinking, uh, not to put you on the spot, but instead of you know, the pleasantries and talking about the background. What if we started with um, some sort of guided meditation? We're on video now, so we can do the hands disappearing and all the, you know, the good stuff. Uh, and I think the the listeners and now the viewers will be able to sort of join us 
in that um, you know very present headless place, and we'll we'll start the the jam session from there. That's fine with me. Uh, funnily enough, I've spent the last two weeks recording some more guided meditations for our new version of our app that's coming out in the next month or two, I suppose. And I thought, well, why not have that feature? And so I've been getting up very early in the morning and sitting down in front of the microphone with mostly, I just have one idea and then I see what happens. And one of the things that I have um, enjoyed about it in doing these guided meditations is that, well, it's in the context of the app. So people presumably have done the experiments and I'm hoping that the listener and viewer will have done some of the experiments. But um, what the experiments point out is that you're already home. So in other words, one of the main experiments is just notice you can't see your head. Well, I mean, that you're not changing anything. You're not going anywhere. You're simply noticing what it's like to be you, that you're looking out of a single eye, like you were saying, Nick, your hands disappear into open space. But when you're with someone, it's face to no face. And so on. And so the place that I'm coming from now when I do a guided meditation is to, as it were, sit with the listener or sit with the viewer and look out with them from the space rather than, as it were, assume they haven't got it or talk to them as if they haven't got what well, rubbish. I mean, can you see your head? No. What do you see instead? The world. There you go. You see, so I would say with the, with the, the listener or the viewer, be aware now that you, uh, you're looking out of a single open space and uh, you're not in the room. I'm not in the room. The room is in me. The world is in me. And uh, I expect if you're looking at me, you, you're space for Richard now. And um, this is really respectful, I think. This is saying to the other person, look, I haven't got anything that you haven't got, essentially. Now, I've been obviously thinking about this for more than 50 years and working at it out and uh, you know, reflecting on its, its meaning and applying it. But that is, everyone's response to this is different. And that's, you know, vive la différence. Uh, my response is different from Nick's. But the place that we're responding to, this emptiness, you see, is, is the same in us all. And uh, so my role here and my job now in life is simply to share with anyone who is open to it uh, my and your and our reflections on this fantastic condition that we're in. You see, we overlook who we really are. We get hypnotized by society and, you know, spellbound by the mirror, you know, the image there. And we, we take that face and we imagine it here as if we're behind it. You have to do that. I'm aware now I have a face. You know, I'm acting as if I'm talking from Richard. But I'm distinguishing between what I am for you guys and 
what I see in the mirror and what I am for me. And they're opposite, you see. Now, I'm convinced you're in the same wonderful condition that you're built open. So how's that for a starter, sir? That's fantastic. <laughs> it's so good, man. I'm, all, I'm locked in. <laughs> <laughs> It's the way he looks at me. He's hypnotizing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. I was thinking, um, uh, you're, you're talking about how you're not approaching these uh, recordings you're doing for the app as you're some sort of teacher that's going to give or bestow this upon. But it sounds to me more like you're inviting, as you said, th this um, zero point, the, this uh, built open for the world to appear is home. And you're just sort of inviting others home. And your home is my home, is our home. And uh, I just think that's such a beautiful approach instead of, you know, the, the master in the robe on, on, on the stage elevated. Hey, I'm going to give you guys something that you don't have. You're saying, no, no, I'm inviting you out to play. I'm, I'm inviting you home to the home that has always been here. Just, just giving you a, a little invitation, a little reminder to see it for yourself. That's right. And, you know, if you're looking at a lovely view, it's one thing to look at it on your own, but it's another to have a friend with you looking at the same view and for you to share your reflections on it because they will see things that you don't see and vice versa. And so that communication and that sharing is to everyone's benefit. And uh, that's what it's like with sharing who we really are. You know, I, I, I think... Uh, the one uh, became many, so to speak, so it could reflect in different ways upon this miracle of uh, who we are, who it is, who you are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the, for example, one of the uh, things that I've been increasingly enjoying, I mean, for some time now, but is the fact that on the one hand, being aware of your true nature, this open space is a kind of neutral experience. And uh, it's not a high, it's not a wow necessarily, or usually it's just very down to earth and ordinary. Now, there's a great advantage in this because then it makes it available. It means it's available even in your lowest moments. You know, you're still space for that. And uh, if it was a high, you'd lose it. You'd wonder, how do I get that back? You'd spend ages trying to find it and you'd never do it. But it's not that. It's a valley experience, not a peak experience. Having said that, when you uh, become aware of this space, when I become aware of this space, I notice it's not just neutral. It's not just empty. It is empty for filling. It is open to the world. Now, if you have... Uh, you know, someone's house and the door is always closed and they don't want visitors, you know, and they don't invite, well, that, that, that's not very welcoming, is it? I mean, they're, they're free to do that, but it's not welcoming in that way, you know, or a closed person or something like that. But if you have someone whose door is always open, as they say, well, you feel welcomed. You feel at home there when you go there. It's a second home. You know, you feel... Uh, invited in. It's a positive thing. Now, I say your true nature, although it's neutral, thank God, it is also profoundly welcoming. It says, yes, 
to this conversation. It says yes to this view. It says yes to this world. And that isn't you putting on a, a special attitude, you know, or developing compassion or empathy or openness. It's just saying you, just as it's, you, you can see you're neutral, whatever your state, you can see you're welcoming, whatever your state. And this is, this is a profoundly positive thing. And uh, uh, I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I second it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's a beautiful metaphor of being open, of having a, a lockdown home. It's still home, but the doors are locked and, and you know, home when when you're stuck inside of this very small thing if you're identified as just the personality just the uh, you know whatever i think it's the third or fourth level in douglas harding's example of you know where, where everything from zero point to an atom to you know the body and all the way out into the universe when you're when you're locked into the one point of i'm just nick or i'm just richard and the doors are closed you know, that's one way that you can be available to the world, but you're shutting out so much, you know, why would you do that to yourself? There's so much else that's available out there. Um, and uh, it's, it's beautiful to allow it, allow it, open the doors, allow it in. I was thinking of um, you know, very early on before I had found the headless way or, or other spiritual practices, I started getting into Buddhism and, you know, they would always talk about cultivating compassion and cultivating empathy and I remember just being like, God, I'm, I'm trying, but I was trying as a closed door. I was at <laughs> the home, all the doors were locked and I'm like sort of faking it and pretending like I was empathetic and cared and, you know, had compassion for other people. But I was like, I feel like a phony. And what was so cool when I discovered the headless way, when I discovered certain more non-dual, I go, oh, the reason you're compassionate for other people is because from here, from zero point, they are you in a sense, you know? And so why would you want to hurt yourself? Why would you not want anything but the best for yourself, for your greatest self in that case? And I really, you know, if, if there's, a, again, as an invitation, if anyone's feeling like, man, I, I, I don't know how to uh, connect with other people or how to feel empathetic. Well, instead of going out this way, go in, you know, <laughs> go back to the subject, go back to the, to the zero point and go, oh, that's why, because from that state, they are me. And why would I want to hurt, you know, myself? Well, exactly. And, and, uh, and really, I think, as you're indicating there, this is not a, uh, a, a program. This is uh, test it out. Find out for yourself. I completely agree with you, Nick. But test it out for yourself, you know. And... Um, it is an extraordinary proposition. I mean, be aware of the place you're looking out of now. Well, I say it's just empty. I mean, empty is a word. Uh, it's empty and full. Now, is there any dividing line between that emptiness that you are, that clarity, that stillness, and whatever you're aware of? Well, I don't find a dividing line. No dividing line at all. And... Uh, also, if I'm aware of the content of the space, the content of my experience, well, there's what I'm seeing, and there's what I'm hearing, and there's what I'm feeling, sensing, thinking, feeling, all of those things. Now, 
is there a dividing line between my body sensations, for example, so I become aware of my body sensations, which I sort of invisible, aren't they? I mean, I can look down and see my body, but right now, I, I definitely got sensations, but on present evidence, I'm not sure what shape they are. But my question is, on present evidence, is there a dividing line between those sensations and the tree I'm looking at and the houses and, and the sky? Well, I don't find a dividing line. Now, I can distinguish between these things just as I can distinguish between one tree and the next, I can distinguish between the tree and the sensations and the sounds and the thoughts. But they're all going on together in this one space. Uh, it's not as if the thoughts are going on in a box here, separate by 20 meters from the tree. The tree and the thoughts are arising in this one space. See, And so are the sensations. Now, this is really healing. I mean, this is just, to me, this is a fantastic discovery. It's so relaxing, uh, really, and it's so healing. You know, th this deep sense of separation that we all have, I think, from the world, from each other. Well, how do you heal that, you know? Well, see who you really are, Sit, you know, look to see whether you're in a box here with all your sensations and thoughts, you know, separate, or are you empty for it all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely beautiful, man. I've, I've, and you said deeply relaxing, and I feel it, I feel physiologically already so relaxed from uh, your, your you know, and, and I, I've, you know, I've done a lot of the stuff on the website, and I've done your programs on waking up Sam Harris's app a few times, and I do Sam's meditations actually every day. I've done it every day of this year since January 1st. And yeah, it's, it's been good. It's one of those, those new year's resolutions I had made forever and I'm finally sticking to. And well uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it, it's funny about like, if you, if you do certain resolutions like a diet or exercise or something, the outside world can see it because you lose weight or you put on muscle or whatever, but there's something it's so meditation is so subjective. You might have a few people go, well, you're, you seem a little calmer, a little more patient, but it's, it's 100%, you know, this inside job. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure where I cut off and I'm not sure if the recording got it or not, but we're going to have to just, uh, be stoic about this and, uh, ride it out because I'm at the mercy of, of my internet connection. Um, well, I'll just comment a bit on what you said about, uh, being convinced that this is true for everyone. I think you were saying that. And, uh, you see, the headless way sets the bar so low that you can't get under it, you know. Uh, so you can't see your head, instead you see the world. And uh, so that's why I say everyone gets it. Now, as you said, not everyone uh, values it. Uh, and that's their business. That's their business. And, and uh, really deep down, that doesn't make any difference to me. You know, I, I'm going to sing my song and I'm going to celebrate this. And I hope that that is infectious. Uh, but I respect people for whatever they think or feel about this, you know. And uh, who is it anyway who's, who's responding to this? So, uh, you know, if I share this with someone and, you know, if someone asks me about the headless way, I... I uh, Years ago, I'd probably start with an introduction and explain why 
you know, what you are depends on the range of the observer. And uh, there are these stages of development. Well, you know, you've lost the person. <laughs> They're going to argue with what you've said anyway. So these days, I generally just go right in at the deep end, like we did at the beginning of this conversation. I go, oh, it's about noticing you can't see your head. Can you see your head there, you see? When you look at me, isn't it based on no face? I've got your face, you see. I'm built open for you. Uh, everything is arising for me within this open space, you see. And, uh, so, uh, you know, and then you you pause and see what the reaction is. <laughs> and, and if they're up for more, you take the next step. But if they're not, you know, talk about football. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I love you said, the bar is so low that you can't get under it. <laughs> it's the it's the most. I think I've said before, it's the most accessible accessible um, uh, spiritual practice I can possibly imagine because you can you show it to somebody in in a few seconds, you know. And I, I've and I've done it to friends often. Um, again, when you were talking about the 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 home with the doors being closed, so I feel both subjectively from my zero point when i look for my head um i feel a lightning and an opening and an expansion okay this is our final attempt for one of my last uh internet connection options so hopefully this works we'll see if the if the internet gods love us for this one um okay we we were in a great flow as uh, I've completely we were... forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> it's okay. I'll uh, I'll be a good host and, and and pick us right back up. One thing that's been interesting uh, from the beginning, I didn't know that you were recording a new app, uh, which is good. This is good timing. Maybe this will get out there and send some people to go find it. So, uh, what's what's the name of the app and what's uh, what's the project? The Headless Way is the name of the app. It, it's it's already on iPhone and Android, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a, a friend who is redoing it and uh, so we're developing it and um, changing the look and adding a few things so it's rather fun and uh, it just is part of our you know, toolkit of ways in which we are attempting to get this about um, so uh, yeah the headless way check it out <laughs> right on and we're doing and you're doing video which would be that that hasn't been on the app to this point correct it's all been audio no there's already video on it okay. but these will be uh, i'm adding a few guided meditations that those will be just audio okay but the, but the other thing i want to talk about which is sort of connected to that which on the back of what you were saying before is when um when uh, i am uh, I'm interested in sharing this, of course, and I'm interested in in sharing this as equals, because uh, you know, for obvious reasons, that uh, what we're sharing is immediately available and obvious, and so there isn't a hierarchy here. And it is most interesting to share reflections and and all of that. And so, what I see happening, and it's happening here with you, and it's happening in lots of zoom meetings we have every week and in other face-to-face -face or face-to-no-face -face meetings is the emergence of a society very small society sort of mini community within the larger community where 
the, the, the members of that community, so to speak, very loose network, are all aware of their true nature and uh, accept that it is totally obvious and that everyone's response to this is valid and will be different. So there isn't a right way of thinking about it or behaving or any of that stuff. Uh, so this is very exciting, and I think this is a, a hugely positive development in uh, in society. And the internet is a great part of that because it means that it's easy for people to meet up who are in different countries, for example, uh, because um, headless seers are still thin on the ground uh, in that uh, in the sense of numbers there. Um, so anyway, I, I am just putting out this um, wonderful development that's been going on for years, but seems to be growing, speeding up because of the internet and because these things are cumulative. Uh, you know, you, you, the more people tell their friends and share it, then there's more people there who will tell their friends and share it, and so it grows. So this conversation is is an example of the community enjoying sharing uh, our common ground. Now, you have to say that that is hugely relevant today, uh, as it's always been, uh, in the sense that uh, uh, we, we don't normally share this, and therefore we are in our own bunkers, whether mm -hmm. it's individuals, families, nations, power blocks, you know, we, we are at each other's throats uh, when we are you know, only seeing ourselves as separate. Now, it's absolutely vital uh, to understand your separate nature, but that is within the context. You know, for example, Nick and Richard now, I, I, I understand the boundaries, the differences between us and, and, and all of that. But at the same time, I'm aware there's one consciousness here and it doesn't have my name on it, and we're both in it, as it were. Now that, you, you know, you, you've got to say that, if that catches on even more, it, it's going to make a difference. Uh, it must make a difference. And it is actually like having a, a skill that, uh, for example, a friend of mine, uh, he, uh, after the pandemic, um, if we have come out of it anyway, he went to a wedding and uh, this was his first time in a, a social gathering like that. And his normal reaction would be to feel nervous and not know what to say, you know, not look forward to it. He feels self-conscious, you know, oh, small talk, you know, what's the point? All of that, you, you uh, probably familiar with that kind of uh, response. Well, this time he went along and he uh, just practiced being headless. And, you know, he made small talk and he didn't tell anyone about headlessness, but he mm -hmm. enjoyed being space for it and hanging out and having people's faces. You know, you look at someone, you're talking to them. And while you're talking about whatever it is, you know, some small talk, you're enjoying having their face instead of your own. You know, you, you, that is the underlying thing that's going on for you is you're being the other 
you know so you know what you're doing in a way you 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 space for the situation now he found himself relaxed you know you you could understand that he also found others enjoying being with him mm. you know because he was broadcasting openness he was broadcasting welcoming he was living with his home open yeah uh, uh, open house <laughs> well <laughs> you know that you can say you could even put it in terms well that is acquiring a special skill set you know the, the, yeah. who wouldn't want that who wouldn't want yeah. that of course yeah. it's a lot more than a skill set but there's no reason to not kind uh, of acknowledge how it is uh, beneficial yeah in all kinds I of situations I love that you call it a skill set. Um, and I think that there's there's so much that I would absolutely agree. It's uh it's one of my more helpful skills for navigating life and the stresses of job and family and relationships. And I, I a few examples came to mind. I'll say the most immediate one. As you were sharing that, um, I was thinking of I'm a little I, I'm a little stressed or a little thrown off that the internet connection isn't that great. And it, when I can, if I can sort of look for my head and use this skill right here and now, I can go, oh, I know I'm space for this to sort of happen for, for me and Richard to, to connect, for us to share this with the world. And from that place, it's sort of like all the, the stress does sort of melt away. And you, not in a way of like, like cutting the stress out and throwing it away, but like you open up so much that it just sort of dissolves. It makes me think of, um, I think it's Thich Nhat Hanh said, uh, you know, one one drop of poison in a cup, you know, can kill you, but a drop of poison in the ocean will just sort of dissolve, you know, and you can you can drink the ocean at that point because instead of instead of trying to cut out the the poison from the cup, you can just realize, oh, I, I don't have to just identify as the cup in this moment. I can identify as as the ocean. I can become little bit more vast or uh, boundless and then allow something stressful like a bad internet connection or have a million other examples in my life of something like that it, it sort of dissolves in the vastness of you know as you said uh, when you pay attention to present evidence you can't find a dividing line you know uh, you can't find where the uh, the stressful, stimulus is and where the rest of the world is right they're sort of all appearing within the same you know spaceless space the same boundless you know container um containerless container i had an experience so i thought of that i also thought of just yesterday i um i had a situation similar to somewhat similar to going to a wedding a socially uh stressful situation where i had just gotten off work um, and I was in my work clothes, which is, you know, dirty and yeah, I work in a construction type job. So dirty and didn't look all that great. And I had to go to sort of a popular um, mall area, Santana Row, which is in Santa, uh, Santa, San Jose for anyone that knows. Just beautiful place with all these fancy shops and restaurants and everyone's out there dressed very nice and nice cars all over the place. And I'm sitting there in my, you know stained dirty work clothes and work boots <laughs> I was walking around I had, to, I had to wait for half an hour while some work was being done and I'm walking around and I was finding myself becoming self-conscious of you know man, these people must be looking at me like who is this guy like he's <laughs> all dirty and you know it's a beautiful day on the weekend and everyone's dressed up all nice and, and this and that and I actually 
in preparation for today, I had my headphones in and I was listening to um, uh, your interview uh, at Buddha at the Gas Pump with uh, Rich Archard. And uh, I just go, wait, what if I just look for my head? And as I started looking for my head, all of a sudden I expanded out from Nick's, you know, little story, little identified as the guy in dirty clothes to, oh my God, what a beautiful, you know, the architecture here is amazing. The, the trees, the sun shining and this and that. And I was in a good, I was on a good trip, you know, there for, <laughs> for 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long I was waiting of, of like, Again, the skill of I, I'm going to be there waiting for the work to be done for 30 minutes and I can either be self-conscious and feel uncomfortable through the whole thing. You can feel un, self-conscious and uncomfortable through the wedding or you can open up and be available to, you know, how be beautiful this world is and what it's presenting. And then funny enough, I started making eye contact with all these people, not on purpose, but just eye contact and smiling at them and then smiling back at me. And it was just such a cool demonstration of, yes, this is a skill set. This isn't, you know, something that's like this selfish little thing of, whoa, look at me. I'm enlightened and I can <laughs> see the beauty of the world. Like, no, it can help, you know, uh, uh, this, this, this little, uh, zero point to move through the world and and see the beauty and be available and be of service to other people if it's only just eye contact and a smile or you know something beyond that yes yes well there you go there's uh, an example of you uh, testing it out and i think that uh, it is helpful it's been helpful to me to hear from others how it benefits them. Uh, you saying that that happened to you. I mean, that encourages me in such a situation to apply that skill, if you like, or, or uh, it, it sort of um, validates it. I mean, it, you don't need validation of your true nature in the sense that it's immediately obvious to yourself, so no one else in a, is in a position to confirm or deny it, but it's very helpful to get confirmation. And, um, you know, another one is, is uh, if you don't know what to say or do, you know, well, do you scrabble around or what? Well, you might do, that might be what you do. But you might also be aware that you can, as it were, just rest in the not knowing, the emptiness, and see what comes out, you know, because something always does. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, if you've never heard that to just relax with not knowing, you know, not forever, you know, just, you know, for the time being, and that that is a creative thing to do. You know, that you're not just doing nothing. You're kind of, you know, waiting for the call. You're, you're uh, open to inspiration uh, from your true nature, you know. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I think sharing experiences like that, you know, are very, you know, can be helpful. And, that, and that's really... Uh, what happens when we share our responses and what we discover, uh, you know, about living from this uh, this reality here? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. The um, uh, instead of scrambling, instead of, you know, trying to juggle and keep the plate spinning and all that, what if you just stopped for a moment and you rested? We're comfortable with not knowing what the next step is. And then there's, there's something about opening up, um, emptying, your, emptying your cup and being surprised by what comes about. And, you know, every time, uh, you know, reliably, something very creative and cool can come about when you, when you truly do sort of stop and let go. It's one of those funny things. You can't, you can't fake it. You can't go like, okay, I'm, I'm giving up control and then like have one eye pe- peeking, you know, <laughs> did, did it happen? Did it fix it? Like you really do have to just sort of um, practice that skill of, of dropping it, of, of letting it go and then being, you know, available to what, what comes next. Next, That's almost sort of one definition of creativity really in a way. Um, I, I've, I've heard you share about that. I know you were talking about um, uh, with, with, Rick Archard about writing your book and hitting this point of like, well, I, you know, writer's block, or I don't know what to say yet, or I have too much to say, and it's overwhelming. And your answer not being to continue to, you know, type away and and work away, but stop and go take a bath or go take a walk. And, and like, actually by dropping it, all of a sudden, the, the answer becomes so clear and so effortless and available. And, um, you know, that's, that's a really cool process and, and a useful skill as well, I would say. Yes, I think uh, the basic equation is something to nothing, is face to no face, is form and color and shape to no form here, no color, no shape. Uh, And uh, being aware of your true nature is being aware of how the space you're looking out of is not a thing and everything else is a thing. Of course, there's no dividing line. You can distinguish, but you can't separate. So what this means in terms of creativity or dealing with situations is that you recognize that there, there is a process, a cycle. And uh, being aware of your true nature doesn't cut out, in my experience, the cycle. You know, for example, if I'm trying to think of something, I might go through a stage of struggling, you know. Uh, hopefully, like you were saying, it's it, being aware of your true nature cuts down the, the time of that, but not always, I think. I don't think I would claim that. Mm-hmm. But it means that you're not then trying to achieve a kind of state there, free of this cycle, you know, oh, I should be relaxed, I should be surrendered, I, sh- uh, I shouldn't be struggling. All of that is there. Life is made of these opposites. And so I think you, one, I find I, I can be a little bit more, probably, I hope, a little bit more compassionate towards myself and therefore towards others you know, when I'm going through the ups and downs of life. You know, uh, what did I expect? But at the same time, you have, you have access to this place that isn't going up and down and is deeply free and deeply all right and it's not an achievement it's true of everyone you're just returning home in a way or seeing you're already at home so it's a paradox you know Uh, you go through all the i i go through all these you know life that's what life is you know to, to imagine that you can cut out the struggle 
I mean, hopefully it reduces unnecessary struggle and all of that. But, you know, here in England, summer is beginning to turn into autumn, you know. Well, here we go again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> round and round and round, you know, or rather some kind of spiral. Mm. You know? So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, it's it's what we're sort of dancing around is um, the headless way isn't a magic pill um, for for the self. I think I mentioned before one of my my great teachers that's uh, close to me, a, a friend really. I call him a teacher. He'd call he'd say call him a friend. Is Paul Hederman? Um, and he's a he's a inviter as well. Uh, he has a, a message which is very similar to the headless way, but you know he just it's based based in non-duality. Um, and he uses the term action figure, um, which I, I like a lot for the body sort of that it's, it's not just the body, but it's sort of all the programming that goes along with being a biological being. And he'll often talk about, yeah, from, um, he'll say what we are. So what we are would be, maybe we could map that onto the, the headless state, the zero point. So he'll say for, for what we are, um, there are no skillful means needed because we just are that we've always been that we can't not be that, you know, and, and, you know, that's sort of, it's just a given, you know, there's, you can't touch it. It's, it's, you can't put a hole in the sky. Right. Um, but all the clouds that appear in the sky and the thunderstorms and the fireworks and all that, that appear, that's sort of on the action figure level. That's on at, at the body level. And to want, a magic pill to where no clouds will, will ever appear in the sky, right? <laughs> to where the seasons will never change to, you know, I want, I want stability and I want it forever. God damn it. Like, you know, that's a recipe for suffering, you know, obviously. So it seems um, uh, the headless way, like all good spiritual practices that are worth their salt is a lot more about allowing than, um, you know, imagining that you can control or force anything, which, you know, life will just show you again and again. <laughs> Good luck, you know, <laughs> nice try. Well, yes, you, you, you can't obviously uh, describe your true nature uh, adequately. Uh, but um, since the experience is nonverbal and available now, you, you've got it. You, you've, you can't doubt you've got it. I mean, you haven't got this realization or that, but you've got the experience. Hmm. And um, yes, I've lost my train of thought there. <laughs> you're, you're completely you're, into the great boy. You're in the experience. <laughs> you realize back what? to babyhood. <laughs> well, I, I've now remembered it. <laughs> I think it was like, I'm sorry, sir. We'll just put you on hold. Can you wait a minute, please? <laughs> Uh, okay, you can carry on now. All right, so yeah. uh, you can't describe th this, but because you can uh, experience it, you can talk about it without mm. feeling you have to try and define it. You know, you don't you don't get hung up on getting the right word. So it's much more poetic or loose uh, than uh, kind of legally trying to define it. So we have all kinds of images and uh, labels for this God, spirit, awareness, you know, choose which works for you and because you've got the experience you you don't say no well this is the right one you say oh you use that one do you yeah oh, tell me why you use that i'd like because i'm going to learn if you uh you know talk about why 
you know, the void or God or spirit or conscious, you know, why that works for you. So having said that, we, we, you could say, well, uh, the, uh, you know, the image for your true nature is the, is the beach, the sand, you know, it's the neutral bit. It, it, you can walk on it, you can do anything on it, and it's never affected. Right, so you've got that, you know, the bull can't get its horns into it. So there's, you know, there's an image and that's quite useful, but I mean, that's not the, the last image or the only image. So uh, another image is uh, what you were saying, it allows, it's accepting, you know, it's open house, it's just receptive. It doesn't refuse anyone, you know, just receives. And in a, in a sense, uh, you have no control at all. It's just happening. It's just arising in the moment, you see. Well, I say, got that, you know, let's talk about that. That's really interesting. That is about a kind of surrender, a letting go. Uh, you know, there's a great freedom in not being in control of anything. You know, it's just arising. You've no, you've nothing here to control it, anything with. You know, it's the free will thing. You know, so, so, all right, we've got that. But don't think that that's the last word on it. Yeah. Here's yeah. another uh, word on it, which is that you're the source and that everything flows from you. And that everything is your will, that you are willing the present moment. And that's the opposite of not willing anything, right? Yeah. But, you know, I say that uh, don't throw out one because the other seems to be true. Just entertain, uh, you know, put it on, try it on for size. And uh, you see, this is something actually that you can see as a developmental thing, that the baby... Uh, you haven't developed a sense of self yet. I mean, you, you don't even know that that you're doing that, you know, raising, opening your hand. It's just happening in front of you. you yeah, yeah. What is this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then the process of growing up is to learn to see yourself from outside and identify with that, take responsibility for it. So now you say, I am opening my hand and I am closing my hand. Now, are you doing anything differently? Uh, <laughs> deep down, I don't think so, except is a developmental stage that you're now taking responsibility for it. Yeah. But you distinguish now between I'm doing this, but I'm not waving the branches of the tree, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But I say that when you then wake up to your true nature, this, uh, these two aspects of not being in control and being in control of uh, something uh, develops. So I says, who I really am. Okay, I get it. You know, I get it. I'm not in control, not only of this hand, I'm not in control of the stars or the trees or other people or my voice It's just happening. And there's a great freedom because I don't, I'm not responsible for anything, you know, all of that. But the other thing is I've have now learned what it feels like to take responsibility for this bit, right? You see? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm going to, because I'm not just this now, I see I am the tree. I'm going to say, well, actually, I am moving those branches in the wind. And I, everything that's happening, I am doing. I am willing everything. Now, try it on for size, because there are things that happen. And if you find, your, you know, either works or it's just happening. But, I mean, it is a, it is a, it is a very interesting point of view to say, who I really, really am is willing the present moment. Because this is not a grudging acceptance of what's going on. 
This is a deep affirmation of it without having to agree with it or know why, you know, I mean, why would you will the war in Ukraine? You see, yeah. uh, those are, you can understand those kind of responses, but you, even that, you the response you're willing, you know, it's not like you can choose. So uh, I, I think that, you know, that uh, the, because you sit in the middle without a name or a label or, and, and you know you're at the center, you can try on all these different ways of describing your true nature and not have to, you know, go for just one. Why limit yourself, I say? Yeah, wow, that, that was really fantastic, Richard. I, I feel like this is turning into a little bit of a headless way masterclass because uh, this is uh, the taking responsibility aspect of it. I, I feel like that is a deeper layer to how um, this can express in your life in, in a real meaningful way that actually can not just impact your, your own experience in life, but those around you and, and even at a greater you know, at a, at a global level, at a universal level, as, as you said, this is being shared and, and more and more people are discovering their, their true nature um, and, and being able to, to experiment personally and share it with each other and, and connect. And I think um, it, it's been a huge part of my life since the last time we spoke, uh, which is a little over two years ago, has been learning to take responsibility for uh, the, the aspects that we you have know, children, my, uh, family, a stressful, you know, sort of somewhat important job, keeping the lights on and all that. And uh, I, I think I sort of came at this probably backwards from what would, would have been traditional for the generation before me or even before that of, you know, uh, you go to school, you get good grades, you get a good job, you get a family, and then you end up you know, midlife or so and you go, uh, hey, what, where's the fun in life? Where's the beauty? Where's the magic? Where's the awe and all that? I sort of found the awe and the beauty and the magic first um, and then had to learn how to grow up, had to learn how to take responsibility for, um, you know, things at a at an action figure level, at a, at a you know, this, I'm not moving the hand and, and I am. And from that place, if I'm responsible for this hand, I'm responsible for the, the what it creates and um you know that that it does good in the world and uh yeah i've had all these sort of um virtues that i've i have written down all over the place to remind myself and i journal every morning to remind myself one of them is uh, be of service to the highest good and that's sort of like a north star or direction to me of like when i want to um you know chicken out or avoid something or um you know, deny something or not look at it. Well, am I being of service to the highest good? Of, of course not. And, you know, and that sort of brings me back to being responsible. So instead of sort of the, the headless way, uh, sort of the, um, the true nature being an excuse for, well, you know, uh, it, I don't have any control anyway. So I, I'm just on the ride and enjoying the ride that's a nice story to tell yourself, but there's actual real consequences for telling that kind of story. And, and you may suffer, other people may suffer, the planet may suffer. So, so I love the idea of taking responsibility and using something like the spiritual practice, the headless way or others as, as a tool, as a skillful mean to take 
more and better responsibility. And, you know, the flip side of that, be forgiving of yourself and patience with yourself because you're going to fail, you know, 50% of the time if you're lucky, maybe even more, but at least you're, you're trying and, and you're picking a worthy direction and, and moving in that direction. Um, so I, I, I feel like that, that share you just did is sort of the, not just the basics of the headless way and the realization that comes along with it, but what continued practice over time, the fruits of that, what it can actually have in your life, in your family, in your community, and sort of uh, the world at large. So uh, thank you for sharing that so much, Richard. Um, well, uh, this is sort of uh, reporting from the front line, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, and we're both reporting from the front line. And uh, you send a report in and then everything suddenly changes and you've got to send another one, you know? So <laughs> uh, it's rather... Uh, it, it, well, it's very... Um, it's ongoing discovery, isn't it? It's yes, ongoing yeah. discovery. And um, we're all uh, we're all on the front line, as it were. And yeah, yeah. This is, but as you keep saying, like look, look for yourself, experiment for yourself. There's no. This isn't. Um, we're not going to go look at uh, the virtues of Douglas Harding. Well, I'm in this tough situation. What would he do? Right. It's, it's not like a fundamentalist religious thing in that case. It, I love that you say we're on the front line. We're using these, these techniques to um, investigate for ourselves, our, our truest nature and sort of running experiments in our life of, okay, when we do investigate, What's what's the outcome of the experiment? Oh, that hypothesis really didn't land. Let's try a new one. Let's update uh, our you know. And in in that way, um, both you're already home from zero point. We're home. We've always been home. And from home, we are continually surprised and exploring and and experimenting and you know trying to learn and. and improve you know on on uh, on our, our day to day and i think that's that's a really nice balance and it's nice to say to say both you know in this case and some listeners because we got right into the the true nature and the moment and all that might go well that's great how's that going to pay the bills how's that going to you know put food on the table and i think what you're sharing and i can agree with is uh it can do both and and it can help absolutely with both yes and uh Communicating and sharing like we're doing now is so helpful. If you, um, you know, you hear these stories about people who achieve something in sport, maybe, or whatever, and they say, well, how did you manage to get the confidence to do that? And they say, well, it was my friend or my teacher who just said, Richard, you can do it. You can do it. I, I, believe in you, you can do it. Now, you that has a power, you know, not for everyone, but in that, those situations, see, and, I, and that just really backed me up and that somehow I took that in and I did it. And, uh, you know, so you accept, you acknowledge the power of um, someone saying to you, you, you can do it. You, you know, you, you're good yeah. enough, you're more than good enough, you can do it. They believe in you. They believe in you. Now, when you're 
uh, sharing with someone else like I'm doing with you, uh, living from our true nature, you are uh, accepting that the other person is living from it. You, 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 uh, so you know, it's a much, it's a similar kind of thing in a way. It is kind of saying, you're doing it, you're doing it. You are doing it. I totally, I mean, <laughs> you don't even have to say it, but I mean, you do say it. The fact that you are talking to each other from that point of view is very different from, oh, well, you, do, you know, you're not, uh, it, it's not that at all. It, you're completely on that person's side in a very deep way and, and acknowledging and you get, it's two way, it's two way. You yeah. know, I'm benefiting from this now in the sense that it is that, you know, yet another step in normalizing uh, our true nature, you know, together, you know, yeah. and, and that, that, Every time that happens, uh, somehow the, the, the world changes, you know, because we're not separate. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, you put out propaganda in the world and everyone believes it, you know, even though it's not true, you know, we're well aware of that, you know. So, I mean, we've been told all the time that we're separate, we, we, you know, that we are limited and, and all of that. Well, now, it's not propaganda, this is the truth, that uh, we're living and speaking from a place that is not limited. Yeah. And our lives are our human lives, but we are uh, you know, living from this unlimited creative place. That is, um, you know, like the, the more this happens, uh, the more, I don't know, it happens. <laughs> it has a reciprocal effect it feels like because you you know maybe so many people are sort of closed off and they they come upon someone else and they say as you said i, I believe in you 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 got it you're 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 doing you're doing it right you're working from yeah. from a good place and and then they go oh all of a sudden that opens up the world to oh i live in a world where we can actually encourage and sh share this with other people and and i know how great it made me feel i i can you know give it, I can share that with other people as well. And um, uh, I, I think that there's a reciprocalness to that and that, you know, it, it, it sort of, is, it's like a, like a positive virus. It spreads and, and people um, see the benefit of it and, and it can sort of expand, um, which you know, speaks to your project so much. Um, I, I remember the last time we talked, you said uh, you love giving it away for free. Um, there's something so cool about it. I just, I think I wrote down a Marcus Aurelius quote because I've been getting into stoicism uh, since we last talked. He said, uh, the only wealth uh, which you will keep forever is the wealth which you have, which you have given away. And that made me think of, of you and most of my, my favorite teachers and sharers out there is that real wealth is wealth you give away freely. And, and, you know, he also says forever in a sense of, you know, you pass it down, down to maybe the younger generation and, and they're around a little bit longer than you are and they pass it down to that generation. And like, that's real true wealth in a way that feels uh, clean and, and infinite and, you know, even divine in a way. Um, and yeah, I think the sharing of this is just uh, such a spectacular uh meaning and, and, you know, to, to, to drive your life. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about that. Um, I've been big on meaning 
you know, the, the meaning, living a sort of meaningful life and meaningful day to day. Uh, how does, how do you feel about sort of that, that word and that, that idea? What, what gives you meaning? What gets you out of bed in the morning? If you had to put it and you can put it as uh, directly or poetically as you want, but uh, what's, what's Richard thinking about when he's getting out of bed in the morning and looking at the day ahead? Coffee. <laughs> hey, me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I can tell you, you know, perhaps what I was thinking this morning, but um, I, I, it depends, doesn't it? It, it? it depends what's going on, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, the uh, it, it's living a creative life, isn't it? It, it? Living from the source is living a creative life where you know you still got things to do you have to do, but um, all of that is appearing out of the fertile void, and uh, so uh, you you see what comes up. I I uh, I've been recording these guided meditations for our new and wonderful and special app with special features that will be released in a <laughs> headless <Bing>. way. <laughs> yeah. Sign up now. Conditions apply. <laughs> no we did not promise you'll no <laughs> <Okay. laughs> So I uh, I have to get up really early because I live in a flat and there's often noise about, you know, and, and mm. uh, so I, I get up. I've been getting up really early. And sometimes I have an idea and uh, I go and sit. And then what I do is I, the guided meditation is me chatting and seeing, you know, about this, mm. uh, seeing what comes out. Now, uh, it did happen uh, last week that I got, you know, I did, the, did one. I usually just do one, you know, that's enough. I, and it's my sort of... My morning meditation, bizarrely, is me guiding myself. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's a self-guided meditation. Yeah, recording it and editing it. But anyway, I got through it. I thought, that was rubbish, Richard. That was rubbish. That's funny. Uh, it actually wasn't. I, I, mm -hmm. I've included it, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But when I got to the end of it, um, I, I thought, I'll do another. And I, and I think it was about that next one was just about not doing. Not mm, so funny. So you said you'll do another and it was about not doing. It was about not doing, you see. But of course, this is the, you know, the equation is face to no face, doing to no doing. It's not mm. then setting up some kind of program where you don't do. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it is placing, locating all doing there and non-doing here. So you've got you not doing by itself would be terribly boring and wouldn't be very good for your health. But doing, you know, just doing is very tiring. So have both, you see, have Beautiful. a place where now I'm here, you see where I am, I'm doing absolutely nothing, you mm -hmm. see. Like being on holiday at the same time i'm chatting away and uh so that just idea that just came out of nowhere so i did it you know and uh that that will be included on the app <laughs> <laughs> listen for not doing yeah i so, got the backstory. uh <laughs> you know i i i remember once asking douglas harding i said so i mean 
Well, you, well, how do you come up with the next book, you know? Well, I don't know, it just occurs to me. And then I take the next step and see what happens. Well, that's a bit what it's like, really, you know, most of the time. Most of yeah. the time. You know that Bob Dylan song, Most of the Time? Uh, you know what? I think I actually learned about it from you, and I looked oh. it up. I don't know if it was <laughs> was recorded or I not. Just but... recycle the same. <laughs> so I'll have to look up in my notes what I'm supposed to talk about now. <laughs> I mean, he's got such a great voice, but yeah. he, he, he's someone you see who throws images at like they're you know. I I, I read a, a biography of Mozart recently. Mm-hmm. And Mozart, he was a very rude man. I mean, he used to talk about shit and piss and, you know, all the time. I mean, it yeah. was just the family culture, you know, it was a joke, really. Mm-hmm. But, so, but he said, you know, I can make up tunes like a sow, you know, a female pig, like a sow can piss, like a sow can piddle. I, you know, it just comes out like a sow can piddle. You know, excuse the language, but it's Mozart. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, it's not, um, you know, I, I can um, I can now make up trees like a sow can piddle. Right? Mm. I can now mm-hmm. make up clouds like a sow can piddle. I can now make up a lamp. Or this Effortless. Thing. Yeah. But it, yeah. It, 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 it's just your nature. His nature was, that was channeled into music. So, you, you know, what is your nature? Well, my nature is this. My nature is this. Mm. And, yeah. You know, you're good at something. You're always good at something. Well, what are you good at then? I'm good at the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at being space yeah. for the universe. If all else <laughs> fails, just tell them that you're creating the universe at the moment and it will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do much, but I can be the space for the universe to appear within. Oh, not just be the space, be the creative source. Yeah, you know, <laughs> take responsibility. You know, if people <laughs> all their lives spend their life not taking responsibility, letting it happen. I say, you know, for once, just take responsibility. You know, say you do it, you're doing yeah. it. I did that, you know. Well, I mean, I, Bob Dylan, uh, he, uh, I, I think it's just so brilliant because he just, he, he could produce metaphors and images like mm. a sour piddle, you know, and yeah. they, they just, one after the other, they throw at you and, and they are so rich, you know, yeah. and uh, there he is in this song, most of the time throwing images, great images, you know, about how things are most of the time. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, everything, uh, you know, you're, you're accepting everything just as it is because you're space for it. Most of the time, because sometimes you say, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Actually, Paul, my, my teacher, one of the things he says is the 51% rule. He goes, you know, if, if you're if you're at least available 51% of the time, then the this, this scales are sort of tilted. You can't ask for much more than that. And I, I some, something's very comforting to me about that. Just uh, just 51%. You don't got to be 100%, you know, perfect and available. <laughs> On the other hand, but, you see, I'm a yes-but person. Uh, the <laughs> equation, the perfectly balanced equation, you know, you think, what's a balanced equation? Well, 2 plus 2 equals 4. There you are. That's stable. See, mm-hmm. But the the most balanced equation is nor, 0 on one side and everything on the other. Yeah, so I was thinking the same thing. Every, I was thinking of, yeah. yeah. You know, so 51%? No, I think Paul's wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. Zero (laughs) percent. I'll make sure he sees this. Yeah, you won't find me here if you send your boys around. (laughs) 
I don't know if you know, he does have a background growing up in uh, Long Island, New York. So, yeah. (laughs) Encouraging. Oh, (laughs) good. But yeah, no, I, uh, all, all joking aside, I think that way of seeing it as well, the sort of 0% to to infinity sort of, right? Well, this is humility as well, you know, yet again, you return to not being anything, you know, that there's nothing to maintain, there's nothing to prove there's nothing to keep going i mean there just isn't there's nothing here it's not like you're being good or spiritual there just isn't and that's your refuge and that's your safety and that you can rely on and and that you can live from you know yeah 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 that's so since we're since we're here i feel like we're maybe dancing around we could talk again at a at an action figure at a personal level uh do you have thoughts on death mortality things like (laughs) sorry to go a little that's not very polite to ask a British guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, people say that I'm morbid, but I'm, I'm, I always, it, it's a big, speaking of meaning and, you know, what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, uh, <laughs> you, 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 have you seen the cartoon where there's death with his sickle and there's an old man with a Zimmer frame? Have you seen that one? I have not, and, no. And death says to the old man, I am death. And the old man goes, oh, well, I'll speak up then. <laughs> if yeah. you don't get that one, uh, I'm not yeah. going to explain it. Yeah, well, death, yeah, well I, I think that um, I, I, I don't look forward to death. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's there. I know it's on its way. I hope it is, uh, you know, not unpleasant. Uh, yeah. I hope I live a long life. Uh, I am, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to leave a legacy. All those normal human things apply. I'm glad to say, you see, uh, but at the same time, I'm aware that my true nature never dies, mm-hmm. and uh, there'll always be something in this space. Now, what's in it will change when I die. I assume quite radically. Who knows? But but I will be who I really am with something going on, you know. So uh, they say, you know, practice death while you're alive and then, you know, I don't know, something like that. Well, this is a kind of death, isn't it? And and then it's a rebirth. It's, it's you become everything. But um, I think that it helps me cope with at least the idea of death because I'm not, you know, I'm not actually on my deathbed right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> uh, but so all I can say is it ha- how it helps me cope with the prospect of death. And uh, then, you know, have you got the idea of death right? Hmm. You know? Because if you've got it wrong, you're afraid of something that isn't true, you know. Yeah. So if you think you, you right at center, are going to die, well, I say you've got it wrong. If mm-hmm. you say, I mean, the one in the mirror, Richard, and all that's connected with that, Yeah. because there's no dividing line between Richard and the tree, you know, there's mm-hmm. a distinction. But, no, you know, well, that will change. But, I mean, it's changing all the time. It's changing, but I mean, presumably, I, you know, it's quite possible I won't see my friends again, and uh, yeah. might not see trees again. I'd have no idea, but mm. I think that if life is a kind of story, 
and every day is a page. And what is great about an adventure story, don't we all like adventures, you know? What is great, what is uh, characteristic of an adventure story is that you don't know exactly what's going to happen on the next page. Yeah. So you turn the page. It's a page turner because you don't want to know and you want to find out. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the thing is that so there's an element of unpredictability about it. But it, it's not totally unpredictable. You know, if you turn the page and it was a completely different story, you'd go, huh? It mm -hmm. has to have a kind of... Continuity. Yeah, continuity. This is life, isn't it? You know, that one day the sun comes up, sun goes down, comes up. You can function because there's a pattern, you know, but it is unpredictable enough to be interesting. Now, if it's not very unpredictable, it, we call it boring. And if it's too unpredictable, it's chaotic, chaotic mm -hmm. and frightening, you know, like war can be or like illness can be. So, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, there are extremes here now. That is a, a thriller. That's a page turner. And you turn the page and you go, oh, my God. Uh, you know, like in the film, the, you know, Game of Thrones, and they, suddenly they kill all your favorite people. And, you know, you go, what? You can't do that. <laughs> but, well, I mean, that happens in life, doesn't it? You suddenly, something is suddenly taken away from you. And you go, and it takes a while to adjust. And you go, you know, really? You know? So you've got this story now. There is one page in the book, and you don't quite know where it is. It could hmm. be the next page where the deal is that you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. Now that I call death. You hmm. have no idea. It's, it, it's so, there's two sides to it. It's the extreme of unpredictability right? Because anyone claim, who claims they know what is going to happen after they die, I don't know where they get their information, you know? I don't, anyway. <laughs> Can't so, run that experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so in one way, you, it, it's totally unpredictable. Now, that's scary, could be, you know, that, but I mean, that's the deal, you know? So, But the other side of it is it is deeply predictable because I, you can be quite assured that you will be and there'll be something happening. You say, mm. well, how can you be sure of that? Well, I'm testing it out now and I'm not in time. You know, the world is in me. That ain't yeah. going to change. You know, I mean, it's it's just, you say, well, I mean, how can you be sure? I can be sure because it is self-evident and it is the nature of my being. Uh, and it doesn't run according to the conditions within the, the story. The, 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 so... There, you've got this element of total safety, total yeah. predictability, uh, at the same time as, you know, this is the knuckle ride of the century, kind of, you know, that page. So yeah. um, I have written to the editor to say that I'd rather take that page out, please. They, <laughs> they can't this, do one, it. <laughs> this one story, could you just skip yeah. that particular yeah, page? I mean, and Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Fantastic, man. It's something one of my friends who's an author, uh, Keith Thompson, talks about is um, uh, he's, he's older, he's in his 60s, and he says he's come to trust in being, or he's come to have the one thing he has faith in is, is being. Is he, know, he doesn't know what's on the other side, but he knows that he'll be being, <laughs> you know, on that, <laughs> yeah. he'll be 
it will yeah. be being on the other side. It's about going to completely cutting your losses and betting on the, <laughs> the lowest, you know, the lowest possible bet. I'm going all in on existence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to put $10,000 on this on being, please. <laughs> it will be here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful, man. What, what a great, you know, that's a great gift. I, I think for anyone that has uh, death anxiety right there, because and I think the thing is that as yeah. a, is, is common knowledge, you know, that if you have a limited number of pages, which you do, uh, and you're, you're acutely conscious of it, well, that puts into sharp relief, uh, you know, well, are you going to do this or that before you yes. get to that age? You know, now yes. you might not. But I mean, if you've got the idea, you've got endless time, you say, oh, well, mañana, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been reading. Is, mañana is not, I'll do it tomorrow. Mañana is, I won't do it tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I'll never do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been reading um, Seneca's uh, On the Shortness of Life. And it, oh, it, as one does. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm turning 33 next month, man. I'm facing my mortality over here. <laughs> um, and and I've noticed over time, like, uh, just time and attention and, um, you know, how, how, how you direct your day to day. I can, it's like, I feel time in a new way in, in a, in a, Kind of, kind of like beautiful way of like, oh my God, I, one thing I, I like to say, me and my buddy say to each other is we got another sunrise, right? Which is, you, you know, you wake up and we, we wake up really early for work and you watch the sun go up and there's this feeling of, oh, I got another day. Like it's, it's, it's a present, you know, it's a gift of, I got, and I, I can do whatever I want with these next, you know, 16 hours or whatever I can. By getting the through the, the I, I don't play computer games, but you know, oh, onto the next level. level. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and the value of, of time and, and where you direct it and the, the, the attention and all that, that you, that you use towards it. Um, so speaking of, of mortality and all that, uh, I, I have this thing when, when I do the deathbed meditation, um, right. Which as you do again, right. When you think of, <laughs> I'm just trying to process that. <laughs> Oh yeah, he says. Like it's the most casual thing to do. What after you've had a cup of tea? Yeah, everyone does that, right? I'm not I'm, darling. I'm just going upstairs to do the deathbed meditation. Okay. <laughs> if I don't come back in twenty minutes, check on me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I often sort of have two sides of the coin. Um, I know you love Ramana. I know Douglas Harding, Ramana Harshi. I have that sort of, well, let me do the self-inquiry and find who it is that's going to die, right? And go inside and be, become, you know, very clear. Okay, I, I trust in being, you know, I, I know Nick, you know, the action figure, the meat suit's going to die and, and being is going to go on being. I don't know how it will, but it, it will in some way. We'll turn the page and we'll see what happens. Um, but from, from a personal side, from sort of Nick's little story, um, I, I've, whenever, when I would do the meditation, I'd have this one thing that would just keep calling at me and wouldn't let me go for, for years. I'm talking like a decade, which is, um, if you were to pass away untimely, I have two little daughters. Um, they're eight and five right now. They're, they're the world to me. They're my everything. Um, I, I would have this thing come in of, 
you don't have much to leave behind for them. And this is part, as far as knowledge, as far as, you know, like a, whatever, material things or whatever, but as far as like a, a little piece of myself. And I heard um, uh, Bruce Lee's daughter, of all people, uh, an interview with her a few years back. And she was talking about how her, her father, Bruce Lee, passed away when she was five. Um, and so she didn't really remember him personally, but she came across his writings, both published and, and private, and sort of has lived her life based on his writings, based on what sort of knowledge and, and wisdom he had left behind, which I think is pretty cool. I'd never quite heard anything like that. And I, I haven't been able to let go of, um, I want to write something to leave behind for my daughters. So that, that's the, the, the article that I, that I sent you is based on this, this project that I've been doing. Again, since it's been a good year for me, I've meditated every day this year, and I've also written every day this year uh, since January 1st. And uh, as you were speaking about waking up early in the morning to do your sort of morning meditation, um, I'm finding myself in a similar state of every day I get up, it, it's, it is effortless. I, the computer opens and I start typing and the words start coming out. And it's like, if it doesn't happen, it's, it's crazier than not having a cup of coffee. It's, it's, it's like crazier than, than breathe, than not breathing almost, you know? Um, and so. Yes. But I mean, uh, you, uh, I'm thinking of your daughters and, and uh, we're here talking about our true nature. And we know that this true nature is their true nature and you are valuing it. And you are celebrating it and sharing it with whoever is willing to to listen. Now, you know that. Who knows whether your daughter will daughters will value it or not? It, it's not. That's not your business, you know. But mm. if they do, they'll say, "Well, Dad, you know, well done. Yeah, you were on. You were on target there, and uh, uh, that you know, wonderful." What I think of too is I got a 50-50 chance. Maybe one will uh, see the value and one won't, but at least <laughs> I'm doubling well, my chances. We could bet on them. <laughs> we, could, we could, you know. We could, yeah, yeah. We're going all in on being and I'm going to go. Uh... How, how would you know there? How would, would they have to declare, you know, at 21? <laughs> <laughs> but see, and the idea here is I'm passed away, so so I wouldn't even be oh. there to collect. <laughs> so. Well, that's going to be tricky then. <laughs> yeah, <that is> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those I can't lose. Let's say I end up living a long, healthy life. I'll probably hand it to them maybe when they graduate college or something like that and uh, see us. But then you see, they're going to, why am I going to read this, Dad? I can just come talk to you. <laughs> You're going to give me all this homework to do. <laughs> but anyway, along those lines, if you have a little more time, I, don't, I do want to be respectful. I see it slowly getting dark there. Um, I don't want to keep you up all night. Do you have a little more time to talk? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, along those lines, you're a fantastic writer. Um, I, I remember when I read uh, the, the Man Without a Head, or the Man Who Had No Head. Oh, the uh, graphic biography. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was really struck by uh, your your voice and your style and all of that. Um, any thoughts on writing? Any uh, um, advice? Uh, how, how do you how do you approach that creative process? The the teacher that I follow is called Peter Elbow. Have you heard of him? I have not. I'm going to write that down. Actually. Right. Peter Elbow, writing without teachers, I think, or uh, writing with power. And it's very headless in a way, his style. He's in, he's, he's in his 80s now. 
um, and he was really um, writing these books late sixties and seventies. I think he's an American guy. My brother, get a book, you know, showed me his books, and it had just been really valuable because his approach is that uh, contrary to the idea that you've got to know what you're going to write and you've got to have it all ready and then you've got to, you know, just write it out. He says, no, just start and find out what you think. Writing is a process of finding out what you think. And he divides it into the kind of free writing side and then the editing. And what mm -hmm. people tend to do is they edit while they're writing. And so they stop all the time and they go back. Whereas get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. Then look at it. Then you might have to write again and, you know, and look at it, order it, all of that. So that there's that. Uh, that's been really helpful, encouraging, because uh, you, you just see what comes out, really, is, is in that. The other thing is that he um, distinguishes between uh, when a teacher or when you're listening to someone, believing and doubting, and the normal approach is or the quite common approach is when someone is saying something you pick holes in it and you say what well, that's where you've done it wrong whereas his general approach is put yourself in their shoes hear what mm. they're saying receive it as as their expression um let them know you've heard it if you say anything it, uh, it's a because it's such a delicate thing for most people to start to speak through words in you know in, in writing or even just speak you see so it's the same when you're speaking i used to teach tai chi and uh, and so on and i learned the obvious thing if someone's doing a move you don't say that's wrong you say let's do more of this Mm -hmm. Because the let's, the the wrong is you close the door, and they'll always remember that. I I have it in myself with teachers, you know. And you're stuck, you're stuck, but you can never do it right. But if they open the door, uh, you then you're on your way. You're on your way, yeah. and uh, it's the same with writing, uh, you know, to yourself but to others too. So that he's been just really helpful. Uh, and uh, it, it, writing is then a process of finding out what you think rather than putting down what you already know you think. Yes, yes. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's yeah. been my experience 100%. I, I, I love it. Um, I'm going to definitely look him up. That looks, that looks fantastic. Um, yeah, I've, writing reveals to yourself what you think uh, has been. It, it's almost, I've, I've said, um, it, it's like a spiritual practice, I feel like, to write. Uh, I think you'll dig this. Um, uh, I've been using this sort of way of mapping it as, you know, we'll say we start at the void and we start at zero point, And from there, s some sort of subtle whateverness uh, uh, manifests, appears, and, you know, just telling a little story in time. And from there, for me personally, it sort of turns into like a feeling or like a vague sense. And from there, it can sort of start to become a thought you know, and, and maybe the thought is an image or it's a word, words maybe a little more dense. And then uh, from there, you get a clear, a clear thought and something that's, you know, almost invokes an emotion. And then there's a, sort of this leap from the inner mental world to speaking, to trying to communicate it out to the world. And you can communicate, you know, physically through dance or through singing or 
through speaking. Um, and sort of from there, there's another huge leap of being able to speak about something to being able to write about something. Like that's like an even more concrete sort of dense form of communication from a sort of subjective first person experience. Um, and I, I've, it's been so cool to do that sort of that leap from, I've been pretty good at talking about what, what's been helpful to me, what, what my uh, sort of values are in life, what's important to me, but putting it down on paper, you really surprise yourself. Oh, this is a lot harder than it looks. It's tough <laughs> to get this down on paper. Um, and then I think the final step, uh, as you were uh, speaking about, um, was it Peter Abdil? Peter Elbow. Like the elbow. 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 Peter Elbow. Okay. Got that right. Um, is the writing, just getting it down on the page and then editing because the editing side is if I'm going to communicate this to someone else, let me cut out the fluff. Let me cut out the unnecessary and just keep it as coherent, concise to the point as possible. And so when you go from the void to you sort of have this vague feeling and follow that line all the way along to an edited piece of presentable, publishable uh, you know, written word. I feel like that whole process has been so cool for me. It's been almost again like a like a spiritual practice, and uh, so much of of what you're sharing, your approach seems to really be in in line with that. Um, yeah, it's a path of discovery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's funny, you know, if if one thing some of the people I work with is they'll say, you know, I, I know it, but I just can't tell you. And I go, yeah, I know, man. That's that's, that's part of uh, the human experience. And I found myself earlier this year going, well, I could say it, but I just can't write it. Oh, well, okay, let's uh, not use that as a cop out. Let's put in the time and the the practice to to write it. And it's and and it, it sort of works backwards too. You, you're able to edit something very well, then you can write better. You can write better. You can say it better. You can say it better. You think better. You know, it's been a really crazy, again, it's something I, I can't share, but I can only speak about. I, I have these long drives sometimes for work, an hour, hour and a half. And I can have like intentional thinking time, like really <laughs> thinking about a, a, a problem or some sort of, you know, um, thing in my life. And I'm not sort of just all over the place where it's like, you know, I'm thinking about some weird past memory, some other thing, but, but I can sort of stay on board as if I was writing an essay, I can stay on board within my own mind for some time to really think things through. So I feel all that is to say, I feel like writing is so fruitful in every sort of aspect of your, your subjective life. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right on Richard. Fantastic, man. So good to see you. Uh, so good to share this place with you. You took us all over the place from uh, the whole universe to the void to, <laughs> <laughs> to the page of, of death and the next page you, after that. You, you got your money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You put you, you place a good bet if you uh, put your time <laughs> into well, this. Well, let me say to anyone listening or viewing, uh, I go around making friends, not students. And uh, if you value this, uh, then I hope to meet you one day or come and join us in our Zoom meetings, you know, get in touch through Nick or through our website and uh, all, the, all the free Zoom meetings. But anyway, just extending uh, and a friendship in that way and uh, uh, glad to have the opportunity. Thank you, Nick, very much for providing this opportunity to uh, share and celebrate our true nature. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Richard, for all of the great work to go on and on about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought you could uh, talk an hour and a half about nothing and and have so much fun doing it, too. So, yeah, please uh, look into the headlessway.org. Come join the the Zoom meetings and uh, join in the fun. The Headless Way app. The Headless Way app, of course. How can we forget? And, no conditions uh, apply. <laughs> no con- <laughs> right on. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Richard. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure.